All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Experts and Idiots podcast. I'm your host, Calvin. I'm Ryan. We have two very special guests. We're kind of moving a little quick because we just thought we recorded eight minutes of audio, just barely, but nothing recorded. So we're winging it back for you. Uh, We've got two very special guests here for our rankings conversation. We have Tyler and Austin. Memorize their voices. You're going to hear a lot from them today. Um, But you guys should remember them from last season. We had a ton of listenership for each of their episodes. They both brought some great takes, some great analysis. We're excited to have them back with us, joining us in this weekly rankings uh, that we'll be distributing. As we kind of get into some of the meat of things, we're talking a little bit about some news around the NFL. For me, the biggest, and we'll kind of go story by story. What's your biggest story? For me, the biggest story is Kenneth Walker has a hernia. And so they're hoping that he might be able to return for week one. This is something that is newsworthy for me because that Seattle backfield, that's all they're going to have, right? It's just they're going to be able to run the ball. I don't expect Drew Locke or Geno Smith to be able to throw the ball. Oh, come teams. on. They're great quarterbacks. Seattle has the <laughs> best of faith in them. Who has who have a combined total of seven 300-yard passing games across their entire careers combined. You know, I mean, only Jimmy G's available. <laughs> So, obviously, Seattle has the best of faith in these two quarterbacks. I don't know, man. Mason Rudolph might become available because the way that uh, good old Kenny Two Gloves is looking in uh, Pittsburgh, I don't see them carrying three quarterbacks. Every word on the street coming out of Seattle right now is Mitchell Trubisky is starter. You mean out of Pittsburgh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant. Your idiot's showing again. Yes, yes. (laughs) We're talking about two different teams at one time. This isn't good. (laughs) It's okay. It can be confusing. I understand. Uh, No, but that's my biggest news story is something to monitor because you really, when you're going into your draft and as you're preparing for your draft, you don't want to draft hurt players because hurt players don't score. So monitor his injury situation as it kind of comes around. Uh, biggest new one for me is Zach Wilson. His injury coming out. Um, as you guys know, I'm I've turned into a big Zach Wilson fan, not a Jets fan, just a Zach Wilson fan. I want to see him do well. I want to see him pull the Jets out of their slump. That because he has that dog in him. Oh he yeah, does have yeah. That dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I I think that he I think he just needs a little bit more time. I mean, not not. Football-wise, he needs a little bit more time in the pocket, and he can actually excel as a better quarterback. Um, For those of you who are wondering, Zach Wilson had a successful surgery on his knee to repair the torn meniscus. So he should be back at the latest week two, possibly be back week one. Yeah, they are not going to rush him back from this injury. But speaking from experience, this does have a pretty quick injury recovery time, as I tore mine when I was... Yeah, you know, 16, playing baseball. It's great. You, 16, Zach Wilson, professional football player at, what, 22, 23? About the same. About the same. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, uh, I was pretty big as a 16. <laughs> uh, so. Anything else? Well, I mean, does oh. your wife have anything? That is her boy. You know what? She is completely undeterred with her love for Zach Wilson. I, I feel just as confident as I did before the injury that she's going to want him on her team enough to include some very high draft capital. We'll see how high that goes. 
but I think that we could we could be looking at the first overall pick potentially. Uh, uh, I said this earlier, but she she did attempt to call the New York Jets and offer her meniscus um, as a uh, surgical replacement for his, and they uh, they did not need it. They don't want it, so um, she's going to keep her meniscus, which is probably good for her. Um, and uh, Zach Wilson, I'm sure he'll be he'll be back playing. Pretty I, have, soon. I have a question: How many times did she try and call? Uh, she only tried twice. Only uh, twice. Yeah. She got through on the second try. Yeah, she actually got to like a, a representative for like a, it was like a ticket representative, and they were, they were just like they just thought she was she. Yeah, it was it was great. It was great. So all right, but hey, I mean, it, it only took two tries to get a hold of the Jets. Yeah. I mean, that front office better be picking up on the yeah. first ring if you're calling with trade offers, right? Oh my. Hey, I really hope they will. Great news. Christian McCaffrey did not sleep wrong. So he's not injured. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. He is healthy. Yeah. For right now. Wait till week three. That's your prediction. All right. (laughs) All right. Austin, do you have any big NFL news? Um... Shoot, What's the story of the week that jumped out to you? Uh, I think that the story of the week for me, I, I like what I'm seeing out of a few different places. A few rookies looked really good. Drake London, for one, he made, he had this really great catch. They took him out because he had like a minor knee injury. But the coach said it was minor. He'll come back in. He looked really good. Um, a few people that I didn't see much out of... Um, I'm thinking that, like, we, we were talking about in Pittsburgh, we saw a lot out of Kenny Pickett. Didn't see much out of Mitch Trubisky. Um, and so I think that, that that could be a transition that happens pretty soon. What do you what other news stories do you guys see from this, this weekend? On the on the note of Pittsburgh, as we bounce back, yeah. did you guys see what George Pickens was doing to DBs? Oh, my gosh. So he's back to his Georgia days. He looks healthy. And George Pickens is one heck of a blocker. Dude, he looks like the steal of the draft. Did you see that one where he just shoved the guy over? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. They, they snap the ball, Pickens posts up, shoves the DB to the ground and stands over him because the ball, he knows the ball's not coming to him, so he's just taking that side of the field away. It was impressive. And then he's making really good catches. So I think Pickens moving up a little bit in my rookie ranks. Steal of the draft, man. You were high on Pickens. I loved, loved Pickens. Um, you know, during the pre-draft process, I, there were times when I thought, he's got a chance to be the wide receiver one of the whole draft class. I mean, granted, you had to take it into account that he's coming off the ACL, and who knows? Uh, we just didn't have enough film on him to know for sure, but it would not surprise me if he challenges Drake London for the best wide receiver in, in the class and the best rookie wide receiver of the season. He's, he's that good. Yep, he looks really great. And now let's wrap this up so that we can excuse Ryan. Tyler, what is your news of the week? I think the biggest bit of news that you should know about is that it's reported to be unlikely that Alvin Kamara will face any kind of suspension this season. Looks like they're going to let him play out the season, and then they will readdress things at the end of the season. So all in on Alvin Kamara, uh, move him up your ranks. He looks like will not be suspended. And that's sure. that's uh, around the mic, I guess. Yeah, that's a good segment name. That is a good segment. We might need to use that a little bit more. <laughs> so, or circle the mics. Something we'll come up with something. Yeah. I, I liked it. And we're gonna go ahead and let Ryan get out of here. He's got some things to attend to, and we're gonna dive in to these ranks in just a second. All right, we are back. Ryan is gone. We've got just the three of us here now. It's Calvin, Tyler, and Austin, and we're going to hit you with our 
preseason rankings. This has always been one of our biggest and heftiest shows, but we're going to kind of streamline just a little bit, give you our, our quick hits as we're going to be publishing rankings on Twitter. So be sure that you are following us at FFB underscore EX idiots. So at FFB underscore X idiots. That's where you can find our ranks weekly and uh, you'll get a nice little screenshot of our spreadsheets. It'll be fun. Maybe I'll get somebody to make them pretty later. We'll see. I don't have time for that now. <laughs> On that note, you guys ready to dive into some of these quarterbacks? Heck yeah. Yeah, we've got some takes that are going to be flying here. We do. I saw some rankings from somebody that shocked me, to say the least. Um, we are almost at consensus with the top quarterback, and uh, that would be Josh Allen for three of our four rankers. Uh, I think it's pretty clear why Josh Allen is number one. I think out of most of the quarterbacks available in fantasy, he has one of those highest floors and highest ceilings. He can sling it. He can run it. We know that they're going to use him as a rushing weapon in the red zone. I think that we'll see some regression there. But Josh Allen should be far and away your at the top of the quarterback list. That being said, he's probably not going to be on my team. Just because where his he is being drafted is late second, early third round. Which is absolutely mind-blowing for me. Now, Tyler, do you agree with everything that I just said? To an yes, extent? to an extent. I think that, like, not, not to get too far off into the weeds, but I've actually gone back and done some calculating, and if you look at how the gap between Josh Allen and, say, the fifth-ranked quarterback last season, that gap between him and the fifth-ranked quarterback is substantially bigger than the gap between the best wide receiver or best running back and say the fifth wide receiver and fifth running back so to say that there's no value in taking him early I don't think that's true Um, I think there's a lot of different ways you can build your team and I don't think you're wrong to take Josh Allen that early because the gap between him and waiting is substantial You, you just have to weigh where you're going to get your wide receiver and running backs. And if you think you can pick somebody up late to fill a different spot, then so be it. But I I don't hate the idea of taking him early. I can get on board with that, but it's opportunity cost for me. Right. But we need to get to this hot take that's about to fire <laughs> off over there. Austin, yeah. you have Josh Allen as quarterback six. Yeah, I, I definitely do. Um, and let's talk about that. So um, if we look at the best quarterback season that's ever happened in fantasy – um, it was in 2019, Lamar Jackson was the best quarterback that has ever play, played football, according to fantasy football, as far as points scored. He was insane. He was amazing. And if we look what happened in the very next year, uh, I, if I'm not wrong, I think he was like quarterback 10. Uh, I'm not sure. But quarterbacks, they're not as sticky as you hope that they they would be. 
You hope that you take your quarterback right when, you know, according to like ADP and that you've got your 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 team set for the rest of your season and it's not super sticky. Quarterbacks are weird. They can they can go up really high, they can go down really low. Even the runners, I mean, I think they definitely have a higher floor, higher ceiling than your than your traditional pocket passers. But it's just not the same as uh, as a few of the other positions, and so my my hot take, um, and I, I don't know how super hot it maybe maybe it is pretty hot according to different people's standards, but I ranked for the for week one where Josh Allen goes into Los Angeles and he plays against the Rams. I ranked him as quarterback six on the week. I think that if I had uh, done this according to the season, I might have put him probably as as uh, maybe two for the season. Um, I think that I'd probably still put Mahomes as number one on the season. It must be noted at this point that Austin is currently wearing a Patrick Mahomes jersey. Look, I'm I'm a fan. I grew up in Kansas City. I gotta love my home team. But, you know, you, you also have to put respect to the quarterback that wins games and he beat Josh Allen. I mean, he beat him at a coin toss, but he really did beat the Bills when they played head-to-head. So that's not what you score in Ooh. fantasy. Those aren't the points that actually matter. Is, is the wins whether your team wins or not but I do think that he's a better quarterback overall anyway so my take is that for the first week Josh Allen is going to be the sixth quarterback as far as points scored I think that the Rams defense is really good I think they have a great D-line great DBs I think that they're going to wrap him up and they're not going to let him run as much as he wants to okay that, that's fair for, if that's your week one positional ranking that makes it a little bit different but now Tyler you have something to account for you have Patrick Mahomes, the consensus number two, as your quarterback seven. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to read off. I just opened up the Sleeper app and let me read off his rankings over the last uh, four seasons. 2021, QB4. 2020, QB4. 2019, QB7. 2018, QB1. It's been since 2018 that Patrick Mahomes was QB1. He just lost the most dynamic wide receiver in football. What in the world makes you think that he can somehow vault from four up to one? Not down, but up losing Tyreek Hill. I I don't think it's realistic to think that that offense is going to be better. The run game is terrible. People are, know that Mahomes is going to have to drop back and throw. They're going to be bracketing and doubling Travis Kelsey. I, I just I don't see from a fantasy football perspective how he could get better when he loses Tyreek Hill. And I, I, I think that he needs to be bumped down. That's not saying that from a football perspective, he's not one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. He's probably already a Hall of Famer. Um, but I don't think from a fantasy perspective, you can honestly say that he's he's QB1 this year. I, it's just not realistic in my opinion. So just my, just my quick rebuttal on that. I think that Patrick Mahomes has figured it out. So even those seasons where he's had injuries, like the uh, QB7 season, he missed, I think, three games in the middle of that season. And so, you know, I- injuries are hard to, to, to make analysis because then, then, you know, everyone has injuries. And so you shouldn't really um, make excuses for them. But at the same time, I think that him losing his, his wide receiver one, it's not a good thing for him, but I think that that might force him to use his legs a little bit more. Patrick Mahomes is a sneaky running quarterback. We don't talk about him as as one of the top running quarterbacks, but he does use his legs. And 
Um, I I'm not at all worried about uh, drafting Patrick Mahomes high. That's that's just my take. I'm okay with taking Patrick Mahomes where this, where his ADP is, which is fourth round. I think if you're gonna go and you want to get yourself like a top tier quarterback at that ADP, I'm okay with it. I have him as QB two because I think that he because their running game is so such garbage, he's gonna be forced to get creative. Ryan's rebuttal is just gonna be Michael Hardman. And I'm like, my response is no. <laughs> Michael Hardman is not going to be a thing. Um, I'll let him argue that a little bit later. Well, let's move on to our next player. We're going to kind of give you kind of a, our top five-ish with a little deep analysis and round out our top ten at each position. Try and keep things moving quickly for you here. Um, this next player, consensus player number three, really, um, is Justin Herbert. I am really, really excited about Justin Herbert. And since I have claimed the Chargers as my team, I'm going to go first. I think that Justin Herbert has shown some incredible growth year one to year two. Um, And we're going to see it again here in year three. I think that that the team has invested around him and given him some absolutely standout receivers around him. You have Keenan Allen. Who is a consistent top 10 wide receiver, or top actually top 13 wide receiver. You have Mike Williams, who's going to stretch the field. You've added Josh Reynolds, another stretch runner. And then you have Austin Eckler, who's going to be, who's a fantastic pass catching running back, who's going to be great to help offset some of those deep throws. He's going to work well in play action. And then you see this team has invested at other positions, which I think helps the quarterback. When a team invests on defense or invests on the offensive line, the position that it helps the most in fantasy is the quarterback because it gives them time. We saw this team bring in um, offensive line depth again. And then what did they do in the offseason? They went and signed J.C. Jackson to be on defense, and they traded for Khalil Mack. When you put Khalil Mack on the opposite side of Joey Bosa, I think that good things are going to happen. Justin Herbert's going to have more time to really kind of look at the field and dissect teams. And I think that we see his elite decision-making translate to fantasy success. I don't disagree with you at all. The only thing I would add is that, my word, look at the division that he's in. Like... He is, they're going to be in shootout after shootout after shootout. Like, he's going to put up some crazy fantasy points this year. I think Justin Herbert's really, really special. Yeah, I think that, I think we all kind of agree. We all have him either ranked two or three, and I think that he's, you know, one of the best quarterbacks moving, you know, over the next 10 years. I think he's probably a top three quarterback for sure. Thank you. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's my it's my guy. That's my guy. Um, as we move on, our neck our rankings get a little bit more muddled, and so we as we move next, my personal number four quarterback is because I've learned to never bet against him is Tom Brady, but uh, Tyler, you have Jalen Hurts at four. And Austin, you've got Russell Wilson. So give me 30 seconds on each of those players. Uh, yeah, I can go first. So um, th- th- this is my week one matchup. I think that Russell Wilson is going to be a top 10 quarterback on the season. For this week specifically, Russell Wilson's playing against his former team, the Seattle Seahawks. 
I don't think that the Seahawks are very special on offense or defense, but I think that Russell Wilson's going to want to really show them that uh, that he's moved on, that he's his own guy. I think he's going to want to have a good revenge game and show Pete Carroll that, you know, the success was mostly... I mean, Pete Carroll's not a terrible coach. Maybe that's a hot take. Some people don't love Pete Carroll as much, but I think that you know most of that success was due to having a great quarterback and great players on that team. So I, I think he's going to be really good in his Seattle revenge game. Plus, look at his weapons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he is upgraded across the board. He's got a better O-line. He's got a better running game. He's got, I mean, I would say pass catchers, he may be downgraded a little bit, but he has mm-hmm. more... He has higher caliber as a whole because right. he has volume of pass catchers where it was DK and Tyler Lockett before. Yeah, step down at wide receiver, step up at tight end, but still, in general, just a, a move up in in caliber of team. Yeah, I guess for me, if, uh, to move on to Jalen Hurts, who I have fourth, um, I just think he's he's the next guy to have that breakout season. Um, I know he struggled with some accuracy, but adding a guy like A.J. Brown to that offense really should help the passing game. Um, he's incredible on the ground. I see him taking sort of that Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson sort of a leap now um, coming into his third season. I think the experience starts to show, and I'd, I think he's going to be a a major, major fantasy asset to have this year. And then my guy at number four is Tom Brady. I think until Tom Brady hangs it up, he's going to consistently be a top 10 quarterback. And I think he has the weapons around him in Mike Evans, in Chris Godwin. They added Russell Gage. Um, Fournette has slimmed down for all of the flack that he was getting of showing up as Fat Lenny. Um I think that he has the ability to repeat, and Tom Brady is going to continue to be Tom Brady until he tells us he's not. You don't bet against the GOAT. Yeah, I'm not as high as four on him, but I do have him as a top ten quarterback. I think I put him as number eight on my rankings. And Tyler's got him just outside the top ten at number 11. So maybe I'm a little higher on the GOAT, but... I'm not going to argue with you. I've (laughs) I've been out on Tom Brady before and been proven wrong, and I been out on Tom Brady before and been proven wrong. Right. I, look, he's the GOAT. Um, I I think the age will show. I don't think the offensive line is very good. And Chris Godwin's coming off of an ACL tear. It's going to take him some time to get acclimated. Um, but they got Julio Jones. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, you tell me what a, he did last year. Not <laughs> a big move there. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm not telling you not to draft Tom Brady, not to be confident in Tom Brady. I just don't have him as high as, as others, that's all. And that's fair. Uh, let's round out this top ten real quick. Uh, yeah, so with my fifth player, I'm not going to go very long at any of them. I like Kyler Murray uh, for number five. Let's see if I find my number. Oh, yeah, Josh Allen was my number six. Jalen Hurts, I like Tim. We already talked about him. Uh, Tom Brady was next. I really like Aaron Rodgers still. He's still an, an MVP quarterback. Um, and then for number 10, I put Trey Lance. I think he's going to have a big breakout season. My, my rankings are really, really similar. I think the only one, well, I guess there's two that I would rank differently than you. I, I'm not quite as high on, on Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think losing Devontae Adams is is a big deal. I, I don't, and obviously Aaron Rodgers doesn't commit very, or I guess he doesn't commit to the run himself. He doesn't, he's not a running quarterback. And I think that you're going to see a drop in terms of fantasy points from Aaron Rodgers. Um, 
I really do like Trey Lance. I think he's more of a long-term play. I wouldn't expect him to come right out of the gates as a top 10 quarterback. Uh, wouldn't surprise me by the end of the season if he's there, but um, th- those are my main differences with Austin. Um, and then my main differences is I've got Lamar at five, Jalen Hurts at six. I have Joe Burrow, who we haven't really talked about with, I think is going to really step up into that upper level of reliable fantasy quarterback. Most of last year, he was at QB2 as he was kind of figuring things out. But with an upgraded offensive line, another year with those weapons, uh, the run game is solid there. I think that Joe Burrow is going to elevate his game again and be a reliable fantasy quarterback this year. Um, And I've got Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott rounding out my top 10. Uh, We're not going to spend much on Kyler. As you know, this podcast's feelings on Kyler. (laughs) I just want to say I'm way higher on Kyler than uh, this podcast is, so uh, I'll probably have him in a lot of my leagues. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Uh, Let's take a dive into some running backs. At the top, it's pretty clear who our guys are. Almost one through seven on our averages across the board. Um, so let's kind of dive in. Austin, you're the only one, and I, I think this might change based on your season-long averages. Tell us who your season-long running back one is. Yeah, I think that you'd be insane to not think that Jonathan Taylor is the season-long RB1. It is hard to repeat, kind of like we were talking about with quarterbacks. It's hard to repeat as the RB1 or QB1, but I think that Jonathan Taylor set up for it. I do think he clearly has the highest floor out of any of these running backs that we're going to talk about. He catches the ball. He runs it really, really well. I think that the team's going to rely on him to run it really well, and so I think that Jonathan Taylor is uh, he's, he's clearly the season-long RB1. One. No disagreements. Tyler, you want to take number two? Yeah, I have um, Christian, Christian McCaffrey at number two. Um, the all-time greatest fantasy player, I guess you could say. Um, obviously, there's injury risks baked into to Christian McCaffrey. If you draft Christian McCaffrey, um, you're going to have to have a top three, I would assume, pick in order to get Christian McCaffrey. Um, my advice would be to make sure you have a really, really strong RB2 because there is that injury risk with Christian McCaffrey. But from game to game, if Christian McCaffrey plays and he plays the whole game, he will be the RB1 every single week. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of how much risk do you want to take on? He's been injured the last two seasons. Can he come back from that? We shall see. I think one thing you have to you have to look at is those injuries have been kind of fluky. You know, I he agree. Gets, he gets a, a high ankle sprain that re- requires some surgery later on, like things that are not normal. And you look at his durability before those two seasons. You before he went out in 2020 with the injury, he had never even missed a practice in the NFL, and he hadn't missed a single game in college except for the bowl game that he sat out to prepare for the NFL draft. So he has a history of being durable, but he also has some mileage there. But I agree, I like McCaffrey there. And I'll dive into number three for most of us, which is Austin Eckler. I I really like Austin Eckler this year, Um, and I've been... One of the things that I've learned about him recently, I was listening to the ESPN show where Liz Loza is their new fantasy analyst who used to host a podcast with Austin Eckler. Um, 
And one of the things that she talked about was his awareness and body control. He knows that he is not going to be the guy who carries the ball 28 times a game and does not want that because he knows that his body can't handle it. But he is so focused on maximizing the touches that he gets that I think he's going to continue to be a weapon. And for that, I love him as my number three running back. Um, you're, he's probably going to have some touchdown regression. Is he going to get 20 touchdowns again this year? Probably not. But I think if he gets 13 or 14, that's still going to be enough to get you return on value here with his passing game work um, and with his ability and his work in play action to run the ball. Yeah, no disagreement. I do think that he'll have some touchdown regression is one of the big things that we talk about with Austin Eckler because he scored 20 touchdowns last season, and that's just so uncommon. You know, it's it's so unlikely to see him do that again that, honestly, it's it's better to expect him to score something closer to 10 touchdowns, which would maybe bring him closer to, like, the RB5 on the season if he had everything else the same and 10 touchdowns. And so that's, that's kind of my expectation for him is to be closer to the RB5 on the season but still great running back. Yeah, I'm, I'm more in line with Austin on this one. I, I have him ranked as RB6. Um, I don't think you're wrong to take him as a top five running back, but I, I wouldn't quite stretch that far on him because of the touchdown regression. I I think that they're going to start using using different weapons that um, they've added to the team in the red zone. I don't I just don't I don't see him as RB3, but I'm not saying you're way off either. And so... Just so you know, the order that we're discussing that he's in is the order that they are averaged out to be based on our positional rankings. So where we may differ, I may I have Austin Eckler three, Tyler has him six, um, Ryan has him running back two. So we're discussing them kind of in our average order here. Um, at number four, we've got Derek Henry, King Henry. There is probably not a better touchdown maker in the NFL. Sure, we've seen efficiency come down. We've seen some touchdown regression. But I want you to think about this this thing. Derrick Henry missed eight games last season and finished as running back eight. Now look at that offense. They lose A.J. Brown. They add Traylon Burks and Bobby Trees. I don't think that the offense is going to be much different. It's going to run through Derrick Henry, and they're going to feed him the ball. Derrick Henry is healthy. He's getting the ball at, you know, 28, 30 times a game. And I think that he'll probably hold up. This has been his first real injury-plagued season. Even if he misses, you know, let's say he misses four games this season, He's still going to be a top five running back at that volume. Honestly, when he went out with the injury, like if you would have said to that point, who should be the consensus RB1 101 pick off every draft board coming into 2022 prior to that injury last year, I think that we would be taking Derrick Henry first overall pick in fantasy drafts this year if he hadn't gotten injured last year. That's how good he is. If he stays healthy, there's a chance that you pick him up with the fifth, sixth, seventh pick in your draft this year, and you end up with the highest scoring player in all of fantasy football. It could happen. He is way 
old for a running back. So I have a lot of hesitancy when drafting Derrick Henry. I think I'm a little bit lower than everyone else on him. I have him as my RB6. I think I'm right in line with Calvin, but I think that he's, you know, just along with some of the other things we've been talking about, I think he's also due for regression. But then again, I've been saying that for a couple of years. You haven't seen me own Derrick Henry. I never do because I always think that he's never going to be able to repeat his monster seasons and somehow he keeps going back and doing it again. And so... I th- I could I could see him being really good again, but I you know this was the first time we've really seen an injury sideline him and really uh, uh, you know take him out of the game, and this could be the you know the you know the the cliff that he falls off. Uh, but we'll we'll just have to see. I I'm not confident enough to draft him at his ADP in the first round. Yeah, in the first round, I I would I would draft him at the end of the first round if you know if some crazy people let him fall that far, but. At, at his ADP, I'm not. I'm not that risk. I don't, I don't want to take that risk. That's fair, Austin. Why don't you dive into our RB five, Najee Harris? Yeah. So Najee Harris, I see him. Oh yeah, Najee Harris. I see him as kind of a young version of uh, Derrick Henry or maybe Nick Chubb. Uh, Najee Harris can catch the ball. He does mostly. He's a he's a really really great runner. Um, he he wasn't like extremely efficient last season, but he gets so much volume that it doesn't even matter how efficient he is. He doesn't have a great offensive line in Pittsburgh, but Najee Harris is such a workhorse running back that he can definitely get you into the top five running backs. As a rookie, he was the RB4, and so I think we can only look to see him improve in the coming seasons. I think that pretty much any way that this offense moves, it's going to be a better position for him than it was last season. This was one of the laughably bad offenses due to the uh, the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger out there uh, for and everyone the Swiss to And the Swiss cheese offensive see. line. Yeah, it was so bad. Um, there was that one game where um, he got 19 targets um, from, from Ben Roethlisberger. And so I don't think that we're going to see any more 19 target games, but I do think that we'll see him just keep getting, you know, an insane workload. Um so I, I, I like him as my RB. And if there's one thing that Mitchell Trubisky can do, it's dump it off to the running back. Mm-hmm. So I think that Najee Harris is still going to be just an absolute workhorse. Yeah, I'm in lockstep. I, I, I wouldn't say anything any different. Dra- draft him as a top five running back and, and move on confidently. Yeah, awesome. Tyler, take it away with Joe Mixon. I love Joe Mixon. I actually have Joe Mixon ranked number three on the season. Um, in, in much improved offensive line um, for the Bengals. Um, he was RB4 overall last year. I think the offense takes another step forward with that offensive line. Um, I think they're in scoring position even more than they were last year. Um, and Joe Burrow's not—he's not going to be Josh Allen. He's not going to be stealing, um, you know, touches in the red zone from Joe Mixon. I think he is in line for sort of an Austin Eckler type of a season. I think that you can see um, lots and lots of work in the red zone from Joe Mixon. And again, with the improved offensive line, I—I I think he's going to have just an incredible year. Really, really high on him. Yeah, I'm not as high. Honestly, I probably ought to move Joe Mixon up my rankings a little bit. I put him as my RB9. I think it's because I saw that he was playing Pittsburgh, and I thought that Pittsburgh could have a mean defensive line with TJ Watt. But, you know, I I totally agree that he's on a great team, and he's a good running back. He did really good last season, and so I could see him being really good again this year. 
I think this is the year that Joe Mixon finally gets the fantasy respect that he has earned the last couple of years. He has some personal history that we're not going to dive into here uh, and that we don't condone um, and that those were concerns coming out of the draft. But I think that from a fantasy perspective, Joe Mixon has proven that he is worthy of that first round pick this year. Uh, I'll dive into our uh, RB7, which is Dalvin Cook. Now, I can see why some of you may say Dalvin Cook needs a break or needs something else. But we look at this team now, and what are the reports that we're getting? We have a new offensive-minded head coach. Thank goodness, right? The defensive head coach last year who was not doing well on defense, and that's why he got fired, was holding this team back. We bring in a new offense. I believe it's Stefanski. I may be wrong, Stefanski, maybe maybe in Cleveland. I don't remember. I'll, I'll look those up. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's a Stefanski offense. Um, I think that we're going to see big numbers coming out of this Minnesota Vikings offense, and it's going to be Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. I think we're going to see them stretching the field. I think we're going to see things open up. We've added to that O-line, um, and we have a, a more balanced attack which is going to prevent teams from just kind of stacking the box in obvious run situations. And I think Talvin Cook is really going to be prepared to feast. Now he has some injury concern. That's something that's always there. And that's now baked in with us having him as our RB7. You know, in past years, you're taking Dalvin Cook with a top three pick. And so with Dalvin Cook sliding down, um, really want to make sure that you're grabbing somebody who can potentially build that bench for you if he does go out. Maybe you're targeting an Alexander Madison who was a top five running back when he was filling in for Dalvin Cook. Things like that that you're really going to watch out for. But I love Dalvin Cook uh, at the middle to late end of the first round. Yeah, I got to agree. I love Dalvin Cook. One of the best things about him is that we know when he plays, he's really good. And then we know when he's not going to play. And then you can plug in Alexander Madison as long as you have him there on your bench. Um, he's really, you know, he's, he's been predictable that he's a great running back when he's played over the last couple of years. And so I have no arguments there. I'm a little bit different. I have him quite a ways down in my rankings, um, all the way down at 12, actually. Um, so yeah, I, I think that having the new, new coaching staff there, um, if you look back in years past, the new offensive coordinator ran almost exclusively with three wide receiver sets. They are going to be very, very pass happy. I actually think that the volume goes down for Dalvin Cook. Um, and then again, I bake in that that injury history. I think that volume going down because they're more pass happy along with the injury risk. That's why I have him lower. I told Calvin in a, in a conversation maybe like a week and a half ago or so when we talked about rankings, I told him, you know, I'm okay passing on Dalvin Cook knowing that he could be the RB1 in fantasy this year because he's too risky for me. It, there's just too much risk with a new coaching staff with the injury history, that's why I'm moving him down my ranks, and I'm, I'm going to pass on him. I just want to point out one thing. So the new head coach was the offensive coordinator of the Super Bowl-winning L.A. Rams, coming from a Sean McVay tree. There's one thing that Sean McVay head coaches do, and that's they lock on to a running back, and they ride him hard. Okay? 
So I think that that is what we're going to see this year as well from Dalvin Cook. So I, I appreciate your analysis, <laughs> but you're wrong. <laughs> we shall see. Like I said, like I, I'm fully aware that his ceiling is incredibly high. For me, I, there's too much risk, and that's why I'm going to pass on him. All right, so our last, we're going to do two more deep dive running backs. Austin's going to take it with DeAndre Swift, and Tyler's going to dive into... Um, Aaron Jones, who will kind of give us our, our nine there. Um, and then our 10th running back, just so you're aware, is Leonard Fournette. But dive, dive in here. Yeah. So Swift. DeAndre Swift, I am so high on him in every format that you could possibly find. DeAndre Swift is such an incredible running back. He catches the ball so well. He is a great runner. He can, he can run all over the place. Um, I see that he's not on a great offense, but his coach trusts him so much that at the beginning of last season, if you looked um, about halfway through the season, I think he was the RB3, and this is only his second year in the league. Um, I think the DeAndre Swift keeps getting better. And I think that he is one of those running backs. I could see him having a ceiling of the RB1 overall. And personally, I see him as a floor of an RB7 or 8. I don't think that they're, I don't see him getting any lower than that. Um, I see his team is getting better. They're, they're starting, you know, they just barely added Jamison Williams. And I think that um, if there's anything his coach wants to do, it's hand it off to a, you know, a really big jacked running back and let, let him run it down someone's throat uh, and bite every kneecap off on the way down. So, <laughs> so uh, if there's anything, I, I think DeAndre Swift is a, uh, I have him as my RB4 and I'm, I'm very confident with that. I actually don't agree with the DeAndre Swift love. Um, I really, really like him as well. The only issue that I have is that the offense is going to be better, but they have so many weapons now in that offense. Um, with Amon Ross St. Brown, when Jamison Williams comes back midseason, um, I think they're going to spread the love more, and I don't think he's quite the workhorse that, that maybe we expect, but... I'm not going to lie, if, if you can get DeAndre Swift at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round in your drafts, there's a chance that he's, quote-unquote, the league winner. Um, he's got that kind of upside. I really like DeAndre Swift. Um, I guess to jump into to Aaron Jones. Um, I, I just want to throw this yeah. throw this out there. I think that our any of our top seven or eight guys, uh, even our top nine guys have the opportunity this year to finish as the RB1. Right. Which is why we're talking about nine of them here. We didn't talk about that many quarterbacks. But I think that these nine running backs are the are kind of that key to winning your league. You want one of these guys if you're going to get somebody. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And that, that leads me to, to Aaron Jones. Um, the offense takes a step back losing Devontae Adams, but what does not take a step back in Green Bay is Aaron Jones being used in the passing game. In fact, if you look at games where Devontae Adams was out, um, Aaron Jones was used heavily in the passing games. So if you're in a standard format, which, by the way, you should not be playing in standard formats anymore, <laughs> please jump to PPR at least. PPR is the new standard. Yeah. Yes, PPR please. is the new standard. Uh, if, you know, if, if, you're, if you are one of those cavemen who are still playing standard leagues, <laughs> then I would say maybe Aaron Jones isn't a top 10 running back. If you're in a PPR league, Aaron Jones should absolutely be in the top 10. The passing volume is going to, to absolutely be there for Aaron Jones. 
and for that reason alone, um, that volume, he, he should be a top 10 running back this year. And the reason why you'll be able to get Aaron Jones in the second round is because of some of these absolute studs at the next position that we're going to talk about. But we're going to take a quick break, and we'll get back into our wide receivers in just a minute. Thanks for bearing with us for that quick break. We're going to dive into our wide receivers now. We're going to get a, we're going to go again in order of our average rank. So we may be higher or lower on some of these guys, but I'm going to start us off with Jay Jettas, Justin Jefferson, number one. What can I what can I not say about this guy? He is young. He is fast. He has elite hands. He has an excellent route running tree. He has the most average quarterback that exists <laughs> and he has still put up phenomenal numbers every year that he's been in the league. I mean, we can we can bash on the Eagles all they want for taking um, I don't even remember what his name is over this guy, but uh, Justin Jefferson is going to absolutely feast. I think of Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Justin Jefferson. And we're seeing reports that Thielen is returning from health and is going to be back to his old self, which only opens up more doors for Justin Jefferson to stretch the field. Kirk Cousins throws a great deep ball. He is accurate. And I think that this is going to be just another opportunity for Justin Jefferson to show off. Plus, He's now feuding with our number three or four wide receiver who they went to college together, Jamar Chase. Like, they're both have that dog in them now to go and, I mean, they're not, never mind. We're not going to put dog in them because we don't want to associate with Zach Wilson here. (laughs) But they're both going out there to prove it that they're the top dog in the NFL at wide receiver right now. And I think that with that extra motivation from a friend, I think Justin Jefferson's going to show out. Well, talking about the uh, top receiver in the NFL, let's talk about the guy who had the craziest season that I don't think that anyone really expected. I know I was betting on Robert Woods, Bobby Trees, to be the guy in L.A., and I could not have been more wrong. It was Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was by far the wide receiver one. He was the league winner for this last season. Jonathan Taylor won people leagues. Cooper Cup helped make people cry. Cooper Cup was seriously an incredible wide receiver. He caught so many passes, caught so many touchdowns. I mean, it was it was just so awesome to watch. So Cooper Cup, I mean, I think that, you know, going into this season, we have him ranked as the wide receiver too, just because it's such a crowded room. There's so many good receivers in there. But, you know, you can confidently go into your draft with Cooper Cup as your wide receiver too, and he's going to be great. Now, everybody's favorite word in fantasy is regression. If Cooper Cup regresses 20% of what he did last year, he's still wide receiver one or wide receiver two. Easy. I have no qualms. You take either one of them and pick four mm-hmm. in your draft, holy cow, you're going to be great. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of wide receiver two, the wide receiver two last year was Devontae Adams. I think people gloss over that. Um, yes, he changes quarterbacks, but he goes to his college quarterback, Derek Carr. And best friend. Yes. I, I expect big things again out of Devontae Adams. He's slipping to the back end of the first, even beginning of the second round in ADP. If you're picking him up there, you're getting a huge value. I expect another great, great season out of Devontae Adams. And one thing that you can't ignore is this isn't going to be where Devontae Adams is the, the only guy that defenses are keying in on. 
because the Raiders have other weapons to beat you with. They have Darren Waller down the middle of the field. They have uh, Hunter Renfro, who arguably has the most immaculate routes in the NFL, even though he looks like a 40-year-old accountant, um, to help be in the slot. So, I mean, I agree with you that Devontae Adams is going to be absolutely huge. Um, To go back to where I was talking, Jamar Chase is our number four. After the rookie season that he just put up, how can you not be excited to talk about Jamar Chase? I think he's paired with his college quarterback. We just talked about how that was a positive thing for Devontae Adams. Last year, Joe Burrow went to the front office and said, I want Jamar. Forget the O-line. So they did, and he took him to the Super Bowl. And now you're going to see this is like the best wide receiver room in the NFL. I'm going to stamp that there right now, just one through three. Um, And so Jamar is going to have opportunities aplenty to just go after it. And what did they do this offseason? They fixed the O-line. I, I don't I don't see a downside to Jamar Chase in your in your fantasy leagues this year. Prove me wrong. Yeah, he's one of those bulletproof guys that he's just gonna be awesome. And you know, barring injury, he's gonna be fantastic in, in your league. Um, another guy who is awesome, who has a great connection with his quarterback, is Stefan Diggs. He's another guy that, you know, he has one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL right now uh, at Josh Allen, and he's easily the top target in his offense. He's such a good receiver. He had such a good season last year. He had a sneaky good season this last year. I feel like he didn't get very much attention. I believe he was the wide receiver 9 or 10, but he was such a good Seven. Oh, he was yeah. wide receiver seven. Tyler's giving me the number seven over here. He was he had the quietest wide receiver seven that I've ever seen. I feel like no one was talking about Stefan Diggs. And I don't see any reason why he should regress going into the season. I, th- I think that when we talk about regression, that's moving back towards the mean of outcomes. And so I see him um, in his regression getting way better than he was last Positive season. Positive regression. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I think he's going to be fantastic. Yeah, the, the next one on our rankings is Mike Evans. So I really, really love Mike Evans going into this season. Um, Chris Godwin coming off of an ACL injury. Who knows whether he plays week one or not. Even if he does, it's going to take weeks for Chris Godwin to get acclimated back into the offense to be his old self. And in the meantime, remember, they also lost Gronkowski in Tampa Bay. Um, there's going to be targets aplenty for Mike Evans um, he should shoot up draft boards um, in my opinion he's another guy that has flown under the radar for years he's Tom Brady's number one wide receiver going into the season and should be valued as such one cool thing about Mike Evans is consensus across the board this is one of only two players that this has happened to in any of our rankings they were both wide receivers but every single ranker has Mike Evans as wide receiver six so, I mean, that is, that's one that we will stand on. Um, for our wide receiver seven, um, you guys teed me up. I get to talk about A.J. Brown now. Oh, man. <laughs> we talk about a guy who's played with middling, quarter, middling quarterback play for his entire career in Tennessee. He was the wide receiver option there. And now we move to a team... That was the run-heaviest team in the NFL last year, but I think now is going to be a lot more pass-happy. I think we see some improvement from Jalen Hurts in the accuracy department, and now you've added a legitimate wide receiver one there, which is something that they've been lacking. 
I think that A.J. Brown is still going to put up a top 10 fantasy season. I think that he's in a better offense and in a division where he has a chance to be a difference maker. So I think A.J. Brown. Um, tied with A.J. Brown in our rankings. So we, we all have these rankings a little differently, but tied with A.J. Brown in our rankings is Tyreek Hill. Um, Tyreek Hill is also an incredible receiver who just barely changed teams this offseason. Um, he did get a big downgrade in quarterback, but I think that's reflected in him moving from the R, uh, from the wide receiver two uh, all the way down to we have him at the wide receiver eight and eight and some change. Um, Tyreek Hill is an incredible receiver. He's got such great hands. He can catch almost anything that gets near his frame. He does. He is. He's a pretty small guy, but he is the fastest um, top end receiver in the NFL. And I think that he's going to make Tua better. He's going to make the rest of the Dolphins better. You know, speaking for for some of Chiefs Kingdom, we bear him no ill will. We we got plenty of uh, trade capital back for him, and so I think that he's going to have a great rest of his career out in Miami. And I think that you know he everything he did was making the Chiefs better, and he left the Chiefs in a really great situation. Yeah, that, I guess next up on our rankings is another you know really good dynamic wide receiver, C.D. Lamb. Um, C.D. Lamb, I really really like this year. I actually have him ranked seventh um, in my wide receiver rankings. I mean, answer me this: Who else is Dak Prescott going to throw the ball to? They have Dalton Schultz and basically nobody else. The whole rest of their wide receiver core is all injured. Who knows when Gallup comes back? Who knows when Washington comes back who just got injured? Um, I mean, there's just nobody else for Dak Prescott to throw the ball to but CeeDee Lamb. Um, He's a guy, honestly, at his ADP, I think he could be a a league winner. Um, I think he's dynamic and and he should be definitely a, a top 10 wide receiver. Rounding out our top 10, we have Debo Samuel. This is a guy who was absolutely decimating people during the regular season because he gives you such versatility. If we see him used like he was during the first half of the season as, a, as more of a just a wide receiver, awesome. Top 10 wide receiver. You start adding in some of those carries that Kyle Shanahan is going to game plan for him, which, by the way, there's a clause in his contract about. Um, then I think that we see him continue to sustain that. His wide receiver value comes down, but he gets rushing ability. He's going to get maybe some a lot of red zone looks, and I think that Trey Lance is going to benefit this. Trey, Trey Lance has a bigger arm, and he's going to be looking for Debo, whether it's behind the line off to the side in, a, in kind of a designed screen or whether we're taking deep shots. I think Debo is going to be really good this year. Got to agree with that. Um, another person that we have tied with Debo in our rankings is Michael Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman Jr., this is kind of a future projection. We, we've we seen really good games out of him. We've seen him play really well last season, especially for the first, I think, uh, three quarters of the season. We saw him as a top 10 receiver in points scored. He ended up going back a little bit. But, I mean, look at who his quarterback was. Carson Wentz was the most inept excuse of a quarterback um, and has been ever since he fell off in Philadelphia. Um, moving towards Matt Ryan was one of the biggest upgrades that I for any of these receivers. If that hadn't happened, I think we would have probably ranked Michael Pittman as maybe a top 20 receiver. But 
I am. I, I feel like he is going to be such a great uh, receiver. He's clearly the number one target for uh, Matt Ryan moving forward, and he was incredible last season. They did a reception perception uh, report on him, and he just beats you in every single route. And so I think that he's going to easily move in as Matt Ryan's favorite target. He's going to be a great receiver this year. Yeah, I, I love Michael Pittman as well. Um, another wide receiver that I, I really love and who's been incredible for years is Keenan Allen. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. Keenan Allen was maybe the most difficult wide receiver for me to rank coming into this season. I kept telling myself he's aging, the efficiency is going down, I need to be moving down my rankings. Um, but more and more, you look into the numbers and then you consider just how incredibly good that Chargers offense is, just how incredibly good Justin um, Herbert is. Um, the ball's got to go somewhere. And that offense is going to put up major, major points. Um, Really, I think the question is, who's going to be the wide receiver one in that offense? Is it going to be Mike Williams or is it going to be Keenan Allen? Um, I think Keenan Allen has more than proved that he's the wide receiver one in that offense. And if you believe in Justin Herbert, then you believe in Keenan Allen. Um, You should expect him to, at minimum, have a top 15 um, year. And I I think he easily breaks into the top 10. you know, if, if you're sliding him down your rankings because of age, I don't disagree with you, but just remember the offense that he's playing in. He should be incredible again. Um, I just want to throw this out there. Barring injury, Keenan Allen has put together um, five consecutive top 14 seasons. Just need to throw that out there for Keenan Allen. He's I love Keenan Allen. I honestly, he's like the Derrick Henry of of wide receivers. Like every year, we're like, oh, I don't believe him. I don't. He's too old. Oh, he's been doing it for too long. Oh, I'll move him. Like he's not the sexy pick, but he is as safe of a wide receiver as you can draft. I agree. Uh, and moving on, this is our now. T- so Keenan Allen slides in at wide receiver, uh, twelve for us. Our number 13 wide receiver is DJ Moore. I just want to put this out there. Last year with Sam Darnold as his quarterback, and we know how Sam Darnold sees ghosts, DJ Moore finished as wide receiver 18. I think we see an upgrade with Baker Mayfield. I think Baker's better than Sam right now. Um, It's just how it it shakes out. Whether you're a Carolina fan or not, that's, that's truth. And so I think having consistent quarterback play is going to be huge for DJ Moore. One thing to, to mention with him is think about the quarterbacks that he has had to play with, right? He has played with hot garbage in Carolina. He played with Cam Newton at the end of his career. He played with Sam Darnold, and then he's played with a hodgepodge of quarterbacks for the rest of it. And he put together wide receiver 16, wide receiver 23, and wide receiver 18 over the past three years. I think that DJ Moore is proving to be quarterback proof. And I think that you should absolutely trust that the targets are going to be there, especially if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy. 
Speaking of guys who are quarterback proof, someone who played really well, he was the wide receiver eight on the season last year with Ben Roethlisberger, one of the worst quarterback seasons in a while um, from a really, you know, a historical quarterback was Deontay Johnson. He was so good last year and it was a volume play. Um, you saw so much inconsistency with the other receivers in the room from Juju. You saw inconsistencies from Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson was the guy to throw the ball to every time. Um, he just got so many targets and he proved, you know, we, the big storyline last season was that he was going to drop the ball a lot. He had a lot of drops. I think we, we find that drops are not that sticky of a, uh, of a stat. You see drops are only correlated with targets. The number of times that the ball hits them in the hand. So I'm not afraid, you know, drafting him high. I think that he got an upgrade at quarterback. I think that either way, whether they go with Mitch Trubisky or they end up uh, switching to Kenny Pickett throughout the year, I think Deontay Johnson's a slam dunk as a top 15 wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. I I like Deontay a lot as well. He was another wide receiver that was kind of tough for me to rank. He was in the top 10 last year. I think he finished as as wide receiver 8 on the season. Um, A guy that I think you can confidently draft is is maybe a borderline wide receiver 1, easily a wide receiver 2. I guess for me to round out things, um, I want to talk a little bit about T. Higgins. Another guy, man, he's so overshadowed by Jamar Chase, we forget just how incredibly good T. Higgins is. But if you watched the Bengals in the playoffs last year, T. Higgins absolutely smashed. Um, if you didn't know anything else, um, there's a chance you, you would probably be saying that T. Higgins is the wide receiver one for the Bengals. He's that good. Um, we should not be overlooking T. Higgins as we go into the season. He's a lock to be a top 15 wide receiver. That kind of takes care of our top 15, but wide receiver is such a deep position. Tell me one guy that you have ranked outside your top 20 that you think is going to jump up there. I can take this one first. So my guy is my sneaky pick to jump into the top 15 is Elijah Moore. So Elijah Moore has fallen down a lot of draft boards. Have you been drinking that uh, Kool-Aid that your wife's making (laughs) there, bud? Wilson Kool-Aid. In fact, no. I've been watching fantasy Twitter. Haven't you seen all the videos? (laughs) My word, the Jets have made it known. He Uh, is going to be incredible. No, my my eternal hope and prayer is that the the transition to Mike White as the reigning quarterback for the New York Jets (laughs) happens as soon as possible. I'm just kidding. I think Zach Wilson's fine. But I I think that... um, Last season, we saw Elijah Moore as an incredible wide receiver in the games that he was able. I believe that he had an injury last season, and that took him out for a little bit. But we just saw him as such a great pass catcher. I think he's the guy. I think that drafting Garrett Wilson, I think we're going to end up seeing a 1A and 1B, and we'll see how that ends up playing out. As far as I've heard, I think that for this season at least, we see Elijah Moore as the 1A for that offense. We could see Garrett Wilson be just amazing in the NFL, but you just never know how rookies are going to turn out until you watch them for a couple of seasons. And last year we saw really good stuff out of Elijah Moore. And if we see a good season out of Zach Wilson, if we see him after his surgery come back and throw well, you know, Elijah Moore I think could easily jump into the top 15. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't hate that take at all. My, my guy is Allen Robinson. Again. 
again. <laughs> okay, I, I just want you to, to think about something. You know, we all like to talk about how good Cooper Cup was, and we all like to throw shade at Robert Woods and how he, he was a bust last year, yada, yada, yada. Was he really a bust, though? No, he was injured. That was the issue. Thank you. Yeah, Is up that... until his injury, he was like a wide receiver 10 or something. He, he yes. was a top 12 wide receiver. He was good, yeah. Before he got injured. So tell me how you can take Allen Robinson, put him in the same role that Robert Woods was in last year. And by the way, Allen Robinson is a more talented wide receiver than than Robert Woods. Um, Can I, I want to add to this. Yeah. Look at Odell Beckham before he tears his ACL in the Super Bowl. That's what you can possibly be getting with Allen Robinson this year. Yes, I mean... The, That's so true, yeah. This offense is more than capable of supporting two top 15 wide receivers. I think that... Allen Robinson is going to be absolutely incredible in the red zone. Um, It's just a no-brainer to me. Like, they can absolutely support two top 15 wide receivers. They proved it with Robert Woods. They proved it again in the Super Bowl, like you mentioned. And they proved it when Jared Goff was the quarterback. And now they have Matthew Stafford. Absolutely. I mean, picking up Allen Robinson, his ADP is like... Late fourth, going into the fifth round. If you can pick him up as your, if he's your wide receiver two, you're in great shape. If he's your wide receiver three or four, he's a league winner. Like Allen Robinson, absolutely needs to be um, adjusted in in terms of ADP. He should be a lot higher than he is. Just a quick devil's advocate here. How do you explain him losing out to Darnell Mooney last year? Darnell Mooney. While not being a terrible wide receiver, not a top... I, I don't think he's in, even in the top 20 for me. How do you explain him losing out to Darnell Mooney? I'll explain that one. Quarterback connection. Huh. Darnell Mooney was the one who would stay with Justin Fields and practice. Hmm. Darnell Mooney was the one who was pulling the Stefan Diggs and hopping on to play video games with Justin Fields. Huh. Darnell Mooney was calling Justin Fields and saying... Hey, I want to get reps in. You need to be throwing. I'm your guy. Let's go. And so they had that connection from the practice squad to the starting, to the starting lineup. Yeah. To running with the ones. So it's that a, makes sense. It was a comfortability with the quarterback that Justin Fields felt comfortable throwing to Darnell Mooney because he had the timing there. Justin Fields hadn't worked a ton with Allen Robinson, and so I think that's the issue. Robinson and Stafford though are go are both veterans and are both going to step in and say, hey, we can establish this connection quick. We're pros. Mm-hmm. The reports out of camp right now is that Allen Robinson has looked absolutely incredible in that offense and that he and Matthew Stafford have, I guess, an elite connection. Um, I, 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 As you can tell, I expect big things out of Allen Robinson. Okay. My guy, I'm going to fire off a couple of questions for you. How old do you think Brandon Cooks is? <laughs> Um, without checking, 28. Without checking, 28. Yeah. I So I actually did check a couple of weeks ago because I'm really, really high on Brandon Cooks. I've tried to acquire him in a couple of Dynasty Leagues. I believe he is 28. <laughs> he is 28. It feels like Brandon Cooks has been in the NFL forever because he has been. He came into the NFL as a rookie. And now let me paint a picture for you. What age do we see running backs take a hit? 27. What age do wide receivers hit their prime? 26 to 28 is kind of 26 to 28. Brandon Cooks is my guy who can elevate again. I think we see 
We saw competent quarterback play from third round rookie Davis Mills, and they're gonna run with Davis Mills again. Now, Brandon Cooks is another victim of, except for his two or three seasons with Tom Brady, who is he play? And never mind, I can't say that. He's a recent victim of bad quarterback play because he played with Drew Brees and Tom Brady at the beginning of his career. But even with bad quarterback play, barring injury, Brandon Cooks every year is going to get you a thousand receiving yards, 75 catches, and a bunch of touchdowns. It's just going to happen. It's death, taxes, and Brandon Cooks gets a thousand yards. He's my guy that can jump up. Yeah, I think that's a great take. Honestly, I'm not I'm never as high because I think I follow hype trains a little too closely. But Brandon Cooks has always been a great wide receiver. So there's no reason to doubt him doing it again. He he and Keenan Allen are the two most stable things at the position. And they're as rock solid as they come. Mm-hmm. But because they don't have that big playability, they come down a little bit in the rankings. All right. Let's transition. We're going to be quick on this one. This has been a long episode already. We thank you for staying with us. It's time for the wasteland. That is tight ends. I just finished talking. Austin, take it away with tight end one. Let's talk about the greatest tight end of the last seven years. Um, he was the tight end two on this previous season, but he's been the tight the tight end one by points for the last for the previous five years in a row. Travis Kelsey is a revelation to the tight end position. He is Patrick Mahomes' favorite target. He was even when Tyreek Hill was there, and without Tyreek Hill, he's gonna absorb every every. He's going to be the safety blanket for Patrick Mahomes. He's going to take every target that Patrick Mahomes is wondering who to throw to. He's going to throw it right to Travis Kelsey. He's going to make. He's going to have so many catches. He's going to be so great. And um, he's going to start approaching this age cliff. I think he's 32 this season, but um, I don't see. I don't see him falling off quite yet. I think he's still going to be really great. Yeah, last year's uh, tight end one, Mark Andrews, comes in second in our rankings. Again, I mean. If anybody is going to, to climb up and kind of take the reins from Travis Kelsey, I think that Mark Andrews has proven that he can and will do that. Um, I expect him again to have a great another great season working along with Lamar Jackson. Who else is Lamar going to throw to? Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> and the same argument can be made for our tight end three of Kyle Pitts. This is a second-year tight end who in who did something unheard of as a rookie. We never see rookie tight ends come in and have an explosive first season. What did Kyle Pitts do? He had a thousand receiving yards and one touchdown. And now here's what we're gonna see. We're going to see positive touchdown regression, baby. I think that Kyle Pitts is gonna come in. Marcus Mariota has a history of throwing to the tight end. He made Delaney Walker a thing, right? Um, He's been serviceable in other opportunities that he has had. And so we're going to see a lot of passes go to type to oh my goodness we're going to see a lot of passing work a lot of red zone volume go to kyle pitts because quite frankly who else are they going to throw it to boy i had to stop and double check that stat with a thousand yards that blew my mind for a second i mean i'm high on kyle pitts but i mean a thousand yards for a rookie tight end is amazing and he's the, the greatest you know he's the highest drafted tight end in nfl history as well um I'll go with our next guy. Our uh, consensus uh, tight end number five is George Kittle. 
Um, George Kittle. Tight end four. Oh, oh yeah. Consensus tight end four is George Kittle. George Kittle has been really great. He um, didn't have an amazing season, but the thing is, he is one of those guys that has really big splash seasons, and he is so, so good. I think that he's going to develop some early chemistry with Trey Lance, and he's going to be one of those go-to targets for Trey Lance moving forward for the next three or four seasons. Um, you know, I, I think I'm, that I'm going to stop you for a second. Yeah. Which is going to be greater when we look at the end of everything? George Kittle's career as a tight end or his career as a WWE superstar? Because that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Oh man, no, hair, definitely, man. definitely a tight end. <laughs> I don't, I don't doubt him in the ring, but you know, I, I think that he's going to be a great tight end still. <laughs> Had to throw that one out there. Oh man, yeah. Well, then, next coming up on our rankings, the tight end five for us is Dalton Schultz. I mentioned this earlier when I talked about C.D. Lamb, but who else are they going to throw to? It's C.D. Lamb and it's Dalton Schultz. He ends up being tight end three last year, I believe. And what makes you think that he's going to get less targets this year? Don Schultz should smash again. Um, the targets are going to be there. He's in a good offense with a good quarterback. I really, really like Don Schultz going into this year. He's another really good value in terms of ADP. Somebody you can pick up like fifth, sixth, even early seventh round. He's a really, really good value in drafts. And we're not moving Schultz down because of anything of him, because about him. We're moving him down because other people are jumping over. Right. And so. Can I throw in a sneaky upside tight end real quick? I was going to talk about oh, Darren Waller sorry. Yeah, go, go with your thing. Yeah. Darren Waller comes in as our tight end six, and that's all we're going to talk about because literally after this, it falls off. After Waller. Waller is going to be in a much improved offense with a quarterback who I think is getting a lot more confidence now. Um, And I think that we're going to see this open up. This is a Josh McDaniels offense now. Look at what he has done with tight ends in the past. We've had Gronk last year with Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. I think this is an offense that runs as the tight end runs. Now, if Waller stays healthy, that's why he's come down to to tight end six instead of being a tight end three, is injury concern. Waller stays healthy, he can be an absolute steal at this position and is somebody that I'm absolutely confident in as a tight end one this year. After this, it's a wasteland. So give us your your crazy jumpstart pick. All right, my crazy jumpstart is David Njoku for the Cleveland Browns. Um, and this is mostly related to there being um, a new quarterback moving in as soon as his uh, suspension is over. I think that David Njoku is going to be one of the big targets for Deshaun Watson, who's um, been a really great, you know, he's going to be a top five quarterback in the games that he plays. And I think that David Njoku is going to be one of his, his big targets. And so, especially if you're looking toward the end of the season, picking up David Njoku right before Deshaun Watson gets off suspension is a good power play. Who's your sneaky tight end, Tyler? My sneaky tight end is actually Zach Ertz. Um, go look at what he did last year. He's a top five tight end last year. He's walking into a situation where DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for the first six games of the season. There's going to be targets abound um, for the Cardinals. Um, I think you can easily project him to be a top six or top seven tight end. Um, 
possibly even up into the top three or four when you consider the amount of targets that he gets. I get it. He's older. He's not a sexy pick, but I think he's a safe pick that you can get later on in your drafts. My sneaky tight end is going to be Cole Komet because outside of Darnell Mooney, who are the Bears going to throw it to? We have a new coaching staff. We have a new, um, a new front office, but really an investment in the passing game in by adding Byron Pringle does not inspire confidence. So I think that Cole Komet is going to be the beneficiary of a lot of targets um, that Allen Robinson is vacating in Chicago. And that's our deep dive on rankings. How do you guys feel? Confident as ever. Just ready for this draft, man. Ready for the season. So what we're going to do to give you a little bit of housekeeping... Next episode, we're going to let Ryan chime in on some of these rankings. We're going to make sure he listens to this podcast that we just dropped and all of the mess that we talked about him um, and his idiocy. But we're going to give him a chance to defend his ranks and talk about those. And then in two weeks, August 30th, is our live draft on the podcast. You're going to get a ton of people talking. It's going to be a wild and crazy environment, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Brace yourself. That is going to be the Smack Talk episode. The three of us are prepared to absolutely roast people, and I'm sure that Ryan is going to come with a few quips of his own. As always, thank you so much for listening. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Follow us at FantasyFootball underscore EXIdiots. Again, FantasyFootball, sorry, that's FFB underscore XIdiots on Twitter. There's going to be some other big streaming options coming up soon uh, for Austin, Tyler, and myself. That's the show.